Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJL General Contractors. SJL General Contractors is licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee. This family-owned business provides mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you're in need of any of these services, you can contact them at 931 933-4660. That is 931-433-4660. If you'd like to be employed by this family-owned company, three W's and a dot, sjnl.com, www.sjnl.com. The plan was inherently flawed. It was flawed from the beginning. In fact, it, it was so flawed that it could have been featured on the back dust cover of Fiasco's debacles and worst case scenarios by W.E. Coyote, super genius. The problem with the plan is that there really wasn't a plan. We didn't have any Wiley Coyote schematics. We didn't have any chalkboard drawings. We didn't have dotted lines showing vectors or curved lines showing swing patterns. And, and we'd failed to ask two fundamental questions. Question number one, what are we going to do if the snake doesn't fall? Question number two, what are we going to do if the snake does fall? Now, the snake in question was in a tree limb a tree limb about the size of your thigh, uh, way up off the ground in this massive oak tree. And we'd walked under the tree, and, and I'd looked up and said, there's a snake in that tree. And and me being not a fan of snakes, decided that he was in there eating baby birds or eating baby squirrels or doing something nefarious such as the hand puppet of Satan would do, and he must be eradicated. So the initial part of the vague plan was... We'll climb up there and knock him out of the tree. And climbing up there involved throwing a rope over a limb. Now, this is not a dynamic or a static kern mantle rope. It's not a braid-on-braid uh, tree surgeon's rope. This is a hauser-laid grass rope that we bought from Ace Hardware and one that we'd been climbing trees with for months. The rope was thrown over a tree limb and attached to a harness. Now, when, when I say harness, I'm not talking about a positional harness like a tree cutter saddle or a Petzl uh, Navajo Vario. I'm not even talking about a rock climbing harness like a black diamond bod. I'm talking about some strapping that we bought from an army surplus store. The Armor Surplus store was located on Noble Street in Anniston, Alabama, right next door to the world's largest office chair. This big steel construction, for whatever reason, is on Noble Street. The, the Army Surplus store was called the Army Mule, and I still have some stuff I bought from them. We bought this strapping and fashioned our version of a Swiss seat in it. So the rope goes over the tree comes down to my side and, and I tie it into my harness and, and, and normally you'd pass the rope through two metal rings on your side and pull yourself into the tree and then use those metal rings to lock off your friction and then we would swing around the rope and 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 you know do just some some crazy swinging on the side of a tree well on, on this occasion I pulled myself into the tree and my friend was going to hold the rope at the bottom now, once I got to the proper height, I was going to place my feet against the trunk of the tree and stand up. Now, 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 what I mean by stand up is not stand up 
vertically, but stand up horizontally. I was going to push against the trunk of the tree so that I could extend my body out and reach the snake. I had a small stick in my hand, and I was going to whack the limb that the snake was on, make the the bottom part of the the, the limb fall away, and the snake should fall out. And, and we we should have asked, we should have anticipated, if the snake falls out of the tree, I will take over the rope. You can let go of the rope and deal with the serpent. If the snake doesn't fall out of the tree and, and, and is somehow endangering me, then you should lower me to the ground. But we didn't talk about that. We just assumed we would do our jobs. And so I lean out, take this stick, and swing and hit the limb. And it was a perfect swing. And the snake didn't do either one. Actually, the snake did both. He fell and he didn't fall. What happened was a two-foot section of the snake became dislodged and swung out of the limb and looked me in the eye. On the ground below me, my friend's brain did some calculations. Now, Joe Ledoux in his book Anxious says we don't run because we're afraid. We simply say that we were afraid because we ran. Running is not usually a decision. It just happens uh, as the... The famous saying goes, it do what it do. And so when this snake swung out like a pendulum, the brain of my friend on the ground probably extrapolated that arc and said the rest of the snake will pile out and he will come crashing to the ground. And when it lands on the ground, I won't be here. And so he left. Well, the snake didn't actually fall to the ground. He just swung out there with me. Now, if you've ever been suspended on a rope via any type of harness you you know that feeling there's there's this secure feeling that you have when some when you've leaned out and you've given your weight to the rope until you do it you're not comfortable in the air but once you realize hey the rope's holding me i'm not holding the rope there's this you almost call it a warm embrace it's this this is gentle like okay i've got you and it's like a you know a hug and a kiss on the cheek after a, a pleasant date. But when that leaves you, if you've ever had your gear shift or a limb bend or something give way just a little bit and you have to resettle back into gravity, there's a moment when that security lets go and gravity takes place. There, there's a moment and, and it it happens rapidly. It happens in the fraction of a percentage of a nanosecond. But when it actually happens, it slows down in your brain. And you go from having this feeling of security to this sense of suspended, well, that's not the right word, unsuspended animation. And you really do feel like you have time to letter that little sign that says bye-bye and hold it up to the camera before you fall. Obviously, it it doesn't happen that slowly, but you feel like it's that slow. And you go from the embrace of the harness to the embrace of gravity. And we usually say Mr. Gravity never sleeps. We should probably say Ant Gravity never sleeps because when gravity grabs you, it's like that ant that nobody knew you had. 
and she shows up at the family reunion or she shows up at Christmas and, and, and she's, she's large. She weighs 450 pounds and she has this gravelly voice and she grabs your face by both cheeks and she says, come give Aunt Eunice a hug. And she snatches you into her presence and you smell smells you wish you could unsmell and she crushes you in those arms where she used to be a wrestler. That's what gravity does to you when it grabs you. And it snatches you back to the ground. And I mean snatches you to the ground. It's like quantum physics. You're in the tree, you're on the ground, and you don't remember being in, in either place. You just appeared on the ground. If you've never smacked the ground, planed out like a board, I can't explain how that feels. I can illustrate what it probably feels like. We were, we were bow fishing in Mobile Bay. And I saw a little puffer fish. He's just kind of flitting around some stuff and a little puffer fish about the size of a softball. And so we decided, hey, we need to put the puffer fish in the boat. So we start shooting arrows at it. When you hit a puffer fish with an arrow, they release a gas cloud. They release an air bubble. This little fish the size of a softball blew out this bubble of air that was the size of a basketball, and we watched it rise to the surface. That's what it's like when you fall from a tree and land flat of your back. I had an air bubble three times the size of my body leave my lungs, and maybe my soul was out for just a minute. Nobody's ever been killed from falling. It's hitting the ground that kills everybody. We call it sudden deceleration trauma. Well, you fall and all of a sudden you stop and, and all the air in your body goes up. And then at some point, air comes back to your brain. You have oxygen in your brain and you ask the question, where's the snake? Did I fall on the snake or is the snake about to fall on me? As it turns out, we don't know what happened to the snake. I think he crawled back into the limb and went into the safety of the hollow tree. In fact, the snake is probably still laughing about it to this day. <laughs> he crawled away and crawled to his friends, and, and when they get together and tell snake stories, he probably tells this story. So, I was in this limb, and these humans came after me with a stick, and I swung out and hissed at them, and they both ran away. <laughs> well, my friend ran away. I just fell away. But I guess it all depends on the perspective that you have. And, and from the snake's perspective, we both ran away. Well, I didn't run away. I fell. I fell into the arms of Aunt Gravity and she body slammed me to the ground. And my friend who ran away. In his mind, he wasn't dropping me. Dropping me wasn't planned. Dropping me wasn't intended. What he intended to do is what he accomplished. He, he ran away from the falling snake. That never fell. Dr. Jerry Harvey talks about the Abilene Paradox. In the Abilene Paradox, he tells this humorous story about his family making a decision to drive two hours into Abilene, Texas, when nobody actually wanted to go. We make bad decisions in order to avoid things that aren't going to happen. 
we don't tell the truth about our feelings based on our prediction of everybody else's reactions. People who love each other get divorced and people who don't love each other get married. They make those decisions because they are avoiding the fantasized negative reactions of other people. And those negative reactions are expanded into dire catastrophic consequences other than rather than just telling the truth and saying, this is a decision I've made and your reaction is the one you'll have to live with, but I've made this decision in my best interest. What, what will everyone say if I don't leave after they cheated? Well, if the marriage was healthy otherwise and them having a indiscretion is not just a straw that breaks the camel's back. They, they don't live at your house. No, they don't get to vote. You get to decide what you want with the rest of your life. What will happen if we call off the wedding? Aunt Mildred's never flown before, and she won't get to fly out here, and she's 79, and she may not live long enough to ever fly. When we tell Granny G, she's going to have a heart attack. What What will we do with all the presents? Aunt, Aunt Mildred can still use her plane ticket. <laughs> Granny G's probably wise enough to know you shouldn't marry the fool anyway. And people who love you enough to buy you wedding gifts want you to be happily married, not just merely married. The snake swings out over your head and you run because it might fall. And when it doesn't fall, but the person you are holding up does, what have you really accomplished by letting the negative fantasy control your life? You see, you don't run from a situation in order to avoid what might happen. You don't compromise your responsibility or your integrity because it looks like something is going to happen or you have a negative prediction of what might happen or what might be the reaction. Integrity is choosing your path, not based on consequences. Integrity is, choo integrity is choosing your path based on your commitment to your convictions. Don't, don't make decisions based on falling snakes that never actually fall. Keeping up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. I am your host, Lonnie Jones. My wife Jackie and I moved to the city of Huntsville in 1986 for me to be a youth and family minister. I have been a minister since 1980. I have served in this community as a police chaplain assigned to a SWAT team since 1992. And I've been in private practice as a licensed professional counselor since 1998. I'm also an adventure educator and an avid outdoorsman. I dabble in rock climbing and I goof around with Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Our life has been full of many wonderful experiences and some just outright adventures. I used to write about those things in a little church bulletin article. So now instead of asking you to read those things, we're just going to talk about them in our podcast. And as we talk about them, we're going to talk about the facts. The facts lead to concepts and the concepts lead to application. 
one caveat about the facts is for the most part we're going to tell you the facts just as they happened. But every now and then we're going to tell you the way other people have told us they remember it happening with a little bit of embellishment. It's all good, clean fun and for educational purposes. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy Keeping Up with Jones. <laughs>